0: Listen, so we're going to get ready to pray, but I really want you to stir your hearts for this morning. Every time you hear the word, every time you see the word, every time you read a devotional, hear somebody preach, every time you pray, you must expect supernatural transformation. Amen. Amen. You must, lo- you must train yourself to expect supernatural transformation. You must elevate the words position in your life. It must be alive to you. It's not a fairy tale. It's not a good book. It's not mythology. It's not just self-improvement, empowered words to live right, babe. It is life. It is literally the word of God. And every time God has ever desired to create anything, he has used his word. And he has given us the ability to use his word to change our lives. So the reality of it is, is that we don't, um, we don't read the word just to feel better. We read the word with the expectation that the word when applied will change our situation. Mm -hmm. Yes, the word has comfort. But the word is not just comfort. The word is transformation. So as we get ready to pray and we teach today, we really need your expectation to be that the word changes our lives. The word changes our life, Mm -hmm. right? Now, so what I want you to do is I want you to take 13 seconds. I want you to begin to praise the Lord. I want you to bless that wonderful name of Jesus because there is no other name that we know. I want you to give him praise with much thanksgiving. I want you to set your heart on the fact that the word changes our lives. The word changes our lives. And the one thing I know is that we're anointed to teach.
1: We are anointed to teach. And the one
0: thing I believe is that they are anointed to receive. I believe it. I believe that they are anointed to receive. So let's pray. Most gracious heavenly father, Lord, we give you praise with much thanksgiving. We bless you. We honor you. We exalt you. We lift you up. There is no God like you. Mm. You are the great Jehovah. You are Jireh. You are sick canoe. You are Rafa. You are the great I am. Everything that we need is found in you. And we thank you for Jesus. Because of Jesus, we have been reconciled back into the family of God and we share the commonwealth of the kingdom. We have a right to healing. We have a right to deliverance. We have a right to a sound mind. We have a right to wholeness and days of heaven on earth and financial prosperity. You have made that freely available to us and you have given us your precious Holy Spirit to lead us into all truth. So Holy Spirit, we invite you, Come sit with us, dwell with us, work with us today in every place we believe a lie, expose it, expose it. We thank you for that. And we thank you for the written word. We thank you for this wonderful church fellowship of champions and the amazing things that you are doing through our partners. We thank you for the transformations, the breakthrough, all to bring you glory. And we believe that today is our transformation day in Jesus name amen
1: amen listen you guys know that over the last um, several weeks we have been really diving into this idea of not just seed time and harvest but really getting um, a good foundational understanding of what it means to operate in God's economy right mm-hmm. how to move, how to how to how to be uh, so that we can we can receive, all that God already has for us. We're not trying to get God to do something. What we're doing is Mm, aligning mm -hmm. ourselves with what God has already done so we can receive what he has. And so today we're gonna continue that teaching. One of the things you know here at Fellowship of Champions, we say it all the time, we do not despise repetitive Repetitive teaching. teaching. We just simply do not (laughs) despise it. On Wednesday night, we were talking about faith words and actions. Uh, The previous weeks, we was talking about seed time and harvest. Uh, We've talked about uh, what it means to have expectation. And so today we're going to kind of combine all of those things. And we're going to really uh, use as a foundational text, uh, a scripture that you've probably seen before. Uh, You know, we always say that you look at scripture uh, through a new lens every time you see it, because the Holy Spirit will show you something else. And so we're going to begin to look at something that you've probably seen before. In Matthew chapter 13, but we want to take just a, a little different look at it because there's a couple of things that we've taught before that we now want to solidify around this particular idea. And so today's message, we're going to be talking about opening our eyes and ears, right? We want to have our eyes and our ears spiritually open so we can learn how to cultivate wealth
0: God's way. Amen. Amen. How many of you want to cultivate wealth God's way? Um, This is so incredibly important because one of the things that Pastor Ellen and I have tried to do is that as we are teaching about seed time and harvest, we're always growing and becoming because the word is alive. We have so much of a deeper understanding of this than we did 10 years ago. Right. 20 years ago. Right. And we don't despise repetitive teaching. Um, But I think it's so important for us to understand that we're supposed to grow in the things of God. So there ought to be scriptures we look at this year that we look at next year and it becomes more alive to us. We hear Holy Spirit say more to us because the word is alive. We've said this before. You could read one scripture. You could read, say, for example, Psalms 1. You could read Psalms 1 every day for 365 days and God could tell you something different that you did not see in that scripture, right? And that's why we don't just want to memorize the word. We want to be transformed by the word because when we memorize the word, what happens is, is that when somebody begins to say a scripture, our brains go, oh, I know that. But one of the questions we've always asked ourselves is, but are we living that? Are we experiencing that? And God doesn't just... Just want you to hear the word. God doesn't just want you to repeat the word. God wants you to experience the word. Can you put that in the comments? God wants me to experience the word.
1: And here's the reason that God wants you to experience the word. Because when you don't experience the word in the sense that you just know the word through head knowledge, you know it through an intellectual insight there is no transformation in Mm -hmm, your life mm -hmm. and i can say that i know years ago when i first started studying and trying to understand the concept of seed time and harvest i actually saw it as a very transactional thing Mm. uh and a lot of people a lot of people still see seed time and harvest as a transactional component i give something god gives something back to me but the truth of the matter is the whole teaching in principle of seed time and harvest was about bringing us to a place where we actually get to hear God more intimately. It was, it was, it's not just about I, I gave something. Now, God, give me something back. It's not transactional. That's a very immature um, take on this idea of seed time and harvest. And so when people hear all oh, they teaching on seed time and harvest, they teaching about giving money and getting money. Yes and no. Yes, it the principle of seed time and harvest works with money, but the principle of seed time and harvest will work with your heart. The principle of seed time and harvest will work with your with with your time. The principle of seed time and harvest will work with your understanding. I give my I give my mind to the Lord, and the Lord gives me wisdom and understanding. So it's not just this idea of a transactional thing that I'm trying to get something from God. It really is about a whole genuine idea of this principle that
0: God has created um, because it's how his kingdom works. Well, we talked about it several weeks ago when we said you can't even get saved without a seed. Right. Jesus had to be the seed. Right. The Bible says that he gave one son to get many sons. Yes. That's why he couldn't give an angel. That's why he couldn't give a star. That's why he couldn't give a plant. He had to give his only begotten son in order to redeem us to sonship. And he he
1: didn't do that just for a transactional purpose. He told them in the garden, every seed will reproduce after its own kind. So if God wanted to have uh, creations After his kind again, after what had happened in the garden, he had to give a seed. That's really good. And Jesus
0: was at seed. He had to bring a son in order to get a son. Now, whenever we talk about seed time and harvest, people always, someone always asks, and I don't think people are being difficult when they ask. I think they really legitimately want to know, is money the only seed? No, money is not the only seed, but money is the seed if you want money.
1: Because the Bible says the word is seed. The word is seed. The word is seed also. But we know that word has the the potential to to produce whatever you need.
0: Absolutely.
1: So no, money is not the only seed, but is money a seed? Yes, money Money is is a seed.
0: seed. Money is a seed. In the same way that if you wanted apples, you would not plant oranges. You would not plant grapes. Now, we're going to get into a, a scripture that I love. I love Matthew 13. We're going to jump into the depths of this scripture. Any, pretty much every time I pray, you hear me say, anytime you can see here and understand, you shall be converted and you shall be healed. That comes from the parable of the sower, mm-hmm. which is in three of the four gospels, which we told you before that anytime you see in the Bible, three out of the four gospels, it's going to be on the test. Right. It's going to be on the test of life. But I think that this is so important because I think that this scripture gives us some insight to why people resist the concept of seed time and harvest. Mm -hmm. Right. And we really want to get into this, not to beat you up, but as an opportunity for you to see yourself and an opportunity for you to grow. See, because the enemy wants you to keep the same mentality that seed time and harvest doesn't have to be money. Even though you're not getting any financial breakthrough, the seed time and harvest is supposed to be transactional or somebody's only teaching about seed time and harvest to keep you broke. He wants to keep you under the world system, Mm -hmm. but God wants you free. Right. Amen. So if we look at Matthew 13, we're going to look specifically at verse 15 and we're back. Chapter 13, verse 15. And we're going to look in God's word translation and the message translation. You can read God's word. I'm going to take the message.
1: Sure. Okay. If you look in the God words translation, the thing you'll see about Matthew chapter 13, verse 15 is it does two things. It gives us both a warning and an exhortation. And that's important because a lot of times people see stuff and they see the warning in it, but you don't see the good news. But there's good news and a warning listed here. It says these people have become closed minded. Right. They become a hard of hearing. Uh, this is Jesus speaking. He says they have shut their eyes so that their eyes never see their ears never hear. He said their minds never understand. Now, notice this. He says that their eyes don't see their ears don't hear and their mind doesn't comprehend. He says, and they never, as a result of these things, return to me for healing.
0: Oh, that's they, so they, good. Don't, they
1: don't come to me to get healed so that they can see. They don't come to me to get healed so they can hear. They don't come to me to be healed so that their comprehension would be solidified. They keep living in this world systems where they have closed minds, where they're hard of hearing, where they've shut their eyes. And literally, he says, if they would come to me, I could change all of that. And and, and those of you who say, well, I just don't get seed time and harvest. I just don't get what it means to walk in faith. I don't get what it means to walk by love. He says, if you come to me and quit trying to figure it out on your own, quit trying to understand it intellectually, if you would ask me, I would use Holy Spirit to bring revelation to you so you would understand.
0: No, that is so incredibly good, right? So the the beautiful thing is that he says, listen, even if your mind is closed, even if your heart is closed, even if your eyes, your understanding is closed, if you will turn to me, I will help you open your eyes. I will help you open your ears. I will help you open your understanding so you can experience healing. Now, we are talking about money. Total life prosperity is not just about money, but I always like to say this when we talk about money. Tell you that, well, we are talking about money today. Mm -hmm. We are talking about money today, but I want to use an example that's not money. So what happens a lot of times when people come to talk to Pastor Edwin and I about marriage or Pastor Edwin and myself is that they have already decided. That what we will tell them to fix their marriage won't fix their marriage because they've done it before. And how many times have we been talking to somebody and we say something like, hey, listen, when they say something smart, don't you say something smart back? And they say, we already tried that before, right? the reality of it is is that those are words that come from somebody who still has closed eyes, a closed heart and no understanding. And so, typically even if they try, it doesn't produce because they're doing it to say I did what you told me, not because they're really expecting anything different to happen, mm-hmm. right? So if people approach seed time and harvest from that perspective, I'm going to give because pastors told me to give. I'm going to give because I read Luke in 38 You're not going to get any harvest from it because basically without even realizing it, you're doing it to prove that it doesn't work, not to prove that it does work. Yeah. Does that make sense? Not
1: believing that
0: it works. Not believing that it does work, right? So in the message translation, it says these people are blockheads. They stick their fingers in their ears so they won't have to listen. They screw their eyes shut so they won't have to look, so they won't have to deal with me face to face and let me heal them. Mm -hmm. Do you know what I love about Matthew 13? This scripture tells me the enemy cannot keep me blind. Mm -hmm. The enemy cannot keep me from understanding. The enemy cannot keep me deaf to the things of God. That any place that I am still deaf, that I am still blind, that I am still without understanding, that I have closed my eyes and all I have to do is turn to the Lord and let him deal with me face to face and he will fix my understanding.
1: And and this wasn't this wasn't a new thing. You know, when you read what's in Matthew, you understand that it actually comes from Isaiah chapter six, verse nine through 10. Jesus is quoting something from Isaiah because he's trying to let the people know why he's letting his disciples know why he talked to the crowds in parables. Mm -hmm. And he says, I'm talking to them in parables because of the spiritual state that they're in. He literally says, I have to speak in parables to them because of their spiritual blindness. I have to speak in parables to them because of their deafness. They only—they can't even comprehend spiritual things because their eyes are shut, because their ears are closed, because their mind has no comprehension. And it's important for us to understand that even today, there are countless numbers of people in this country who are going to go to church all across this country. But they still are going to walk away from that, from that service today with their eyes closed. They're going to still walk away with their, with, their, with their ears closed. They're going to still walk away with having no comprehension of the word. And it's because typically what people are trying to do is intellectualize what they're reading rather than hearing what the, what the, what the spirit of the Lord is saying. Because they don't have revelation about who God is, his character, or what he desires for them. That's the reason that we teach the way we teach, because it does no good to just tell you that, that, that you should believe for harvest by sowing a seed when you don't even have a concept or understanding of why God asked why God set his system up to work that way.
0: No, that's really good. And so what we want you to do is to be intentional today about throwing off spiritual blindness. Mm-hmm. We want you to be intentional today about throwing off spiritual deafness and a calloused heart. What does that mean? That means we would like you to take any disappointment, any injury, any place you felt like you gave and you didn't get harvest. Anytime you think you did the best that you could and you did not get breakthrough. And we would like you to throw that away today and come and sit around truth. Mm -hmm. Come and sit around truth. You guys have heard us tell this story many times about how many times I talked to Pastor Cynthia and about why I didn't feel like I was getting harvest. And Pastor Cynthia would say to me, believe God. And I would be like, I am believing God. And then the day that I started believing God, it was like a light bulb went on. And I understood that I had been intellectually believing God, but I was not believing God with my being. Do you see the difference in that? I could intellectually assent to the word. I could quote the word. I could memorize the word. But in pressure, the word was not what oozed up out of me. In pressure, what came up out of me is why doesn't this work for me and why Mm -hmm. does this work for her? In pressure, what came up out of me is maybe she has more favor than I do. Maybe it doesn't work because I'm in Arkansas. Maybe it doesn't work because we don't have multiple churches. Because in truth, I had an intellectual understanding, but I did not have revelation. I We're going to talk to you today about the things we have had to do and the things we continue to do to get word out of our intellect and into our heart, because in our heart is where it's going to produce.
1: Because God yearns to bring healing into every facet of our lives. That's so good. He yearns to bring healing to our hearing, to our scene and yes, to our finances. He has a yearning to bring that healing. It's why he says, if they will come to me and let me heal them, they could see, hear, and understand.
0: This is so good. God literally knows the limitations. Mm-hmm. He knows the experiences. He knows the thought processes. He knows the disappointments. He knows it all. He says, don't try to intellectually bring it to me. yes. And let me lead you into truth, mm. because my truth is what's going to heal you. Say the truth of God's word will always heal me. Mm-hmm. The truth of God's word will always heal me. I love this. We want to encourage you. We don't want you to be beat up this morning. We want you to to say whatever I have previously understood about seed time and harvest, and about uh, about and about increase, and about kingdom wealth, and all of those things, I'm going to another level. Why? Because I'm going to turn my face to God and I'm going to let God's truth heal me. Yeah, This is so good, right?
1: God desires so much for us to live a life that is characterized by abundance and not scarcity. And I don't just mean in money, but I do, I am, since we're talking about money, I mean money We are too. talking about money. But God, God desires for us to live a life of abundance in every facet of our life. He he wants us to have an abundance of joy, an abundance of faith, an abundance of long suffering, an abundance of kindness, an abundance of wealth, abundance of forgiveness. He wants us to live a life of abundance.
0: I like when you said God is yearning to bring healing into every facet of our 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 life. I want y'all to say a lot on that. God wants, what is healing for God? He
1: actually wants it more than we want it right
0: now. That's the truth. He he
1: when That's I when, when I use language like that, it's because when I'm having conversations with God, it's like his desire for me to live a certain way and at a certain level is actually greater than my current desire, even though I desire it a lot. So God is constantly yearning, constantly yearning to bring healing to us in every area. That's going to hinder us from living the life He's purposed for us.
0: Because God has never given up on evil. Never. God has never, never given up on He even. sees evening. All of us. He sees even in All of us. He has made provision for us. And the truth of it is, He knows we live in a world that is constantly fighting against that. Right? We have the the world that we have the world that's under the control of Satan that wants to keep us broke, busted, and disgusting. Mm-hmm. We have even in the church, even some of you, you want more money, but you are offended by wealth. You're offended by wealth. I was. I, I watched some of the things that people say on social media and they say this week, because time went back and people were like, time is going back. I think it, I hope I pray it goes back to the time when we can afford groceries. This is believers talking. This is not unbelievers talking, which shows that there is not an inward belief that in every situation and in every economy, God can provide for us. So then you think the only way that God can provide is to make it cheaper. You think that the way that the only way God can provide is for you to say that you don't want it. The only way that God can provide it is that it takes you 553 years in order to get it, right? But 3 John 2 tells us, Something it so does, important. It, it says, Beloved, mm-hmm. I wish above all things mm-hmm. that thou mayest prosper mm-hmm. and be in health, even, even as our soul prospers. Yeah. Now, if you think about it, we said the kingdom of God is a seed kingdom, right? Now I want you to understand this. He says, I want you to prosper and be in health, even as your soul prospers. Basically, here's what he's saying. If you want to financially prosper, and if you want to prosper in your health and every other area of your life, Mm -hmm. your soul has to prosper. Mm -hmm. How is your soul going to prosper? you're going to get the word in your soul. Mm -hmm. And the word is going to elevate your soul. It's going to bring you out of deception. It's going to bring you out of lies. It's going to bring you out of your circumstances. And it's going to elevate you. And every time your soul elevates with the word, it's going to cause you to prosper and to be in health.
1: And and that that is one of the reasons that we take the time To deal with the soul part of man. Yes. Because we know that man is a tripartite being. We know that man is a spirit being. Yes. God created us to be spirit speaking beings. We also know that when we get born again, when we give our lives to Christ, Mm -hmm. that the spirit part of us, the Bible says that it is it is sealed to the day of redemption. That's good. But we also know that we have a body. Mm-hmm. And we know that at some point this body will, will, will decay and it'll, it'll go back to dust. It came from dust it'll go back to dust. But the part of us that we really need to work on while we're here on the ground, still around, is the soul, ring. It's the soul. Because it is, as you said, our mind, will, emotions, imagination, and our intellect. As I allow my soul to become saturated with the word of God, it is easier for me to have my soul and my spirit aligned, and when my soul and my spirit is aligned, my body's just going to follow. That's all it's going to do. Your body's just to follow. But when I have my soul and my spirit aligned, then I'm no longer spending my time fighting against the things of God, trying to figure out whether I'm going to obey the world or obey God. I'm aligned. With, it's, it's it's like. And the only way I can use this example, some people will know this. It's like being on a football team, right, or, or any team, and you have a play that's been called. At any point in that in that particular play, if somebody misses their assignment, it can throw the whole play off, mm-hmm. right? You got 11 guys on the football field. Those, those guys up front have to block. The running back has to the, has the, has the block or run his particular route. The receiver's got to run there. The quarterback's got to do their job. The senior's got to do Everything has to work. And sometimes you see this marvelous play and it looks beautiful. Why? Because they were aligned. God wants our life to look beautiful because it's aligned with his word. But if we don't allow our souls to be regenerated, if we don't, in, in the sense that being renewed day by day, being developed and redeveloped, So that we're not conditioned to this world's way of thinking, but God's way of thinking, then our soul is not going to prosper. But he says, beloved, I wish above all things that thou mayest prosper and be in health in the same measure that your soul is prospering. So if you want to get if you want if if you want your health to improve, you want your wealth to improve, then you start with your soul. And the way you start with your soul is with the word of God.
0: No, I think that's so true. And I love that you said with the word of God, because in third John, the fourth verse, it says, I have no greater desire than to hear Mm -hmm. my children Mm -hmm. walk in truth. Mm -hmm. God is always so excited. When we walk in truth, he is so excited when we come out of darkness, Mm -hmm. he is so excited when we understand that we need to eat better. Mm -hmm. He is so excited when we understand we needed to give up unforgiveness and offense. And he is so excited when we realize that wealth and riches should be in our house. Mm -hmm. Now, I want to make this disclaimer as we go into this. You've heard these four things we're going to give you over and over again, but I want to make this disclaimer. This is so important how the world builds wealth and how the kingdom builds wealth is not the same. Right. Even though they use some of the principles, I need you to understand that the foundation of wealth in the kingdom is seed, time and harvest. And there are a lot of people that are teaching wealth principles who even identify as Christians But in the kingdom, the path to increase is always seed, time, and harvest. Why is it always seed, time, and harvest? It is only when we partner with God and get God involved in our finances that we can make our finances immune to the world's challenges. And
1: here's what a lot of people don't get. The world system works if you want to be in the world. The kingdom system works if you're going to be in the kingdom. The people who struggle are the ones who try to mix both.
0: They try to mix both. It doesn't.
1: If you're in the world trying to use kingdom principles, it won't work for you full time. If you're over here in the kingdom trying to use the world system, it doesn't work for you full time. It's why the Bible says choose ye this day. you got to make a decision. Those of you who say you love and you honor God and you want to do it God's way, then you got to learn how his kingdom works and you got to do it the way of his kingdom. You cannot spend your time trying to be in the kingdom, but use a different system.
0: And that's so good. But that's why Matthew 6 and 33 tells us what? To seek ye first the, the kingdom, kingdom of God and, and its righteousness and the things will be added unto you. Mm-hmm. God has a way to do it. Now, here's a great example. And, and then we'll get into our four things. One of the things that we hear a lot from people in the world They believe that hard work, grinding, and team no sleep is the path to work. Mm Well, and can you get wealthy that way? Yes, but that is not the kingdom way of wealth. I am not telling you that you don't need to work. Oh, you definitely got to work. You definitely have to work. I am telling you that this idea that you have to work hard, you have to be exhausted, you can't have time for your family, you can't have time for your wife, you can't have time for a vacation, that is not the kingdom way. In fact, God so wanted us to understand this, that he takes the time to make sure in Genesis that he shows us the whole creation plan and then shows us rest. He shows us the whole creation plan. And he showed, so if you just it and you just team no sleep and you're never resting, I am telling you, you are not operating in God's system. Mm-hmm. If you are never sowing, you are not <clears throat> operating in God's system. And if you are not walking by the spirit, you are not operating in God's system. Mm-hmm. I asked you this yesterday morning. I said, I'm gonna ask y'all, you tell us what you think. I said, babe, do you think that most believers understand that walking by faith And walking in the spirit is the same walk. That it's impossible for me to walk by faith without walking in the spirit. And it's impossible for me to walk in the spirit without walking by faith. Because faith starts where the will of God is known. So I can only follow God to the degree that I know what his will is. And if I'm following God, I'm walking by the spirit. Yep. And what did you say to me yesterday when I said that?
1: I don't think a lot of people realize it.
0: I don't think a lot of people realize that. So we want to know, do you realize that? That if you are walking by the Spirit, you are in faith because you are only doing what you are doing because God said it. If you are walking by faith, you are walking in the spirit because you are only doing what you are doing because God told you to do it. And I think that is the hardest thing for smart people to break up with, which is why a lot of times smart people aren't in faith or in the spirit because you're doing what makes sense to you, which may not be what God said. So I want to see. Well, let's put in these comments. Do you realize that walking in the spirit and walking by faith are the same thing? Do you understand that? Kim said, I did not make that connection. That makes so much sense though. That I mean, but we really try to be a teaching ministry so that you understand what God is saying to you so you can walk it out when we aren't here together. To be led by the spirit is to do what God said. To do what God said is to be led by the spirit. They say I do now. All right, let's. uh, We got some people who say yes, I understand, and we got some people who said I do now. All right, we're gonna ask you this question: What are the four things you need to walk in any truth?
1: You've been around for a while. You should know that. You should know. If you're newer, you may not. You may have forgotten, but it's one of those things that you this is one of those foundational things, almost like learning the definition of faith. Right. If I ask you, what is the definition of faith? I would hope that you say that faith was a supernatural force, that it comes from God, is for the believer and it's for us to bring his will to pass in the earth or some semblance of that. I hope you would have that as a basic foundational understanding. These four things that you need to walk in any truth are also foundational, because how do you how do you even know what God said? to follow what God said if you don't know what these things are that should be operating in your life,
0: right? All right, so Latonya gave us three of them. What's the What are the other ones? Hold on. Let's, let's see what we're working with.
1: Yeah, with, with the combination Revelation. of what y'all said, they're all All there. right,
0: put them up there. So this is what you need to walk in any truth. You need a revelation, a role model, a regimen of faith, and a righteous resolve. Well, That's what you need for that, any truth. That is
1: your litmus test. If, you, if you're going to walk in any type of truth, you ought to be able to glean these four things. You ought, to, you ought to have a revelation, right? You ought to have some kind of contemporary role model, the historical figure, somebody who you have seen live out. Whatever said principle is. You also need to know or be able to ascertain what is the systematic way in which they were able to live out that truth. And then you, this last one is righteous resolve, is you have to figure out okay, how long am I willing to stand? Because Gloria Copeland says it like this If you're willing to stand
0: forever You won't have to stand very long
1: So you got to be willing to stand forever If God if God
0: told you Now here we go We talked about how memorization isn't the same as revelation But we need you to memorize these four things We, You need to know this Why? Because this is going to be As Pastor Ellen said Your litmus test Am I walking in truth? What's the revelation I have about healing? Or finances? Or, or marriage? Or seed time and harvest? What is the role model? Where is the regimen of faith and where is the righteous resolve? You need to memorize these, right? So you want to go first? You can go. Okay. Revelation. We're going to talk about a revelation. What is a revelation? It is a previously unknown truth. One definition says it is a divine disclosure. It is the foundational step where an individual receives divine insight or understanding into the nature of God's will. Mm -hmm. In the context of wealth and abundance, this means recognizing that it is a part of God's plan for his people to experience prosperity. Mm -hmm. It is the will, everybody say this with your chest, it is the will of God for me to be wealthy. It is the will of God. It is the will of for God me to be for wealthy. me to be wealthy. And if that makes you feel
1: some kind of way, keep saying it until and it you does You just it.
0: need to say it more. It is the will of God for me to be wealthy. It is the will of God. It is His plan. He is yearning for you not to be broke he anymore. Yearning. He is yearning for you not to live paycheck to paycheck anymore. Amen. He is yearning for you not to be stressed out by your bills anymore. He is yearning for you to be debt free. It is the will of God for you to be wealthy. I'm going to give you a tip. It is so His will, He has already made you wealthy. Mm-hmm. It is so his will that he has already made you wealthy. It is our responsibility, according to 3 John, to wake up our soul and see what he has already done. As a born again believer, I am not trying to get wealth. I am waking up to the wealth that has been provided. Do you see the difference in that? Because you got to get that. That's That's, a huge difference. That's not just
1: semantics. That's a a totally different mindset.
0: That's a totally different mindset. In the world, I'm out here trying to get wealth. Mm -hmm. In the world, I'm out here trying to get it out the mud. In the kingdom, I am waking waking up to the wealth that already belongs mm-hmm. to me. Now, you ought to say law and you ought to just take that in. I am waking up to the wealth that already and, belongs to me. Let me give me. you
1: an example that you can really deeply understand. Okay. It would be like Jay Z and Beyonce's youngest kids, right? Those kids are so small right now, they don't have any idea of wealth. Yes. They, they, they don't have any idea of money, the concept of it, right? But as they get older, they're going to wake up to how much they have available to them. Come on. That's how we are as children of God. When we come into the knowledge and revelation of our father, we wake up to the wealth that he has in our portion of it.
0: That's literally what,
1: he, what we're doing.
0: We're waking up. Yes. Tell your neighbor, wake up. Break up. I am waking up to the wealth mm-hmm. that already belongs to me. That is revelation. That's why in Isaiah 60, it says arise and shine for your light has come. If I don't wake up to it, even though it's mine, I cannot access Mm -hmm. it. You got to wake up to what already belongs to you. When you wake up to what already belongs to you, it's going to change your mind about seed time and harvest. It will. It's going to change your mind. It's not enough to just hear the word. You've got to act on the word. We get to control what we give our attention to. Instead of focusing on lack, on bills and debt, we must focus on what God has said. And he has said that wealth and riches are in our house. You better preach. He has said that wealth and riches are in our house the reality of it is is that most of us praise our poverty not our provision mm. We're always talking about our poverty. We are always talking about what we can't afford. We're always talking about what we can't do. We're always talking about one day we're going to get it. And that is not the mindset of faith. In order to walk by faith, we must believe it's already provided for. It, is all, it already belongs to us. When faced with financial challenges or pressing for the next level, we have to let the word dwell in our hearts hearts and be on our lips.
1: That means we got to be saying what God said. It's not enough to just read scripture. We want to read it. We want to get it in here. But we got to start to say it out of our mouth because the Bible says out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth is going to speak. How do we know your heart is full in abundance? You begin to say what God said. When, when, when you are facing difficulties, when you're facing obstacles, when, no, when LAP shows up, when those bills shows up, when debt shows up, when the bad doctor's reports show up, what do you say? Because what you say in those precious situations will show you what's in your heart. And if you're saying something other than what God has said, you got to go back and you got to fill this heart up some more because you haven't filled it up enough to flush out all of the doubt and unbelief that the world has spent years putting into us.
0: Oh, that's so good. Can y'all say a lot on that? One of my favorite scriptures, you know, you if you know us, you know that we have loved Isaiah 1 and 19 forever. it the, to our kids. it to our look. kids. In the King James Version of the Bible, it says, not that version, it says in the King James Version of the Bible, you don't have that. way. It says, if you are willing and obedient, you will eat the good of the land. It is the will of God for his children to eat the good of the land. Yeah. But put that that version
1: that you had back up there, though, because I like this version. I like the, if you will, an obedient. But I love when he says, if you will only let me help you. If you will
0: only let me. Because
1: this is the language of a father speaking to a kid who's disobedient. That's why I like this. Everybody who has ever had a child has spoken this kind of language before. If you will
0: let me help you. you If you will
1: just let me help you. If you will let me help you. If you will only obey me. If you would just if your part is to let me
0: obey, he says, then I'll make you rich. Now that's that's scripture. If you, if you listen, every parent up here, if you a parent, put a three in the comments. Have you not said some version of this to your child? Have you not watched your child struggle when you had the ability to help them? Have you not watched the kid go through the same cycle over and over again? And you like, if you will only let me. If you listen, if you would listen, if you would let me help you, if you do what I say, that is parent child language. That is. And so your father is saying. If you, it started as early as let me help you tie your shoe. Yes. I got it. But you don't know how to tie your shoes. And shoe. we're 10
1: minutes late because we waiting
0: on you. We, you, you. If you just let me help you, I can show you how to tie it right. If you just let me help you, if you will only obey, then I will make you rich. <laughs> if you will only let me help you, what is God's help? Yes. Seed, time, and harvest. You got to connect it. You got to connect it. If you will only let me help you. If you will only obey, then I will make you rich. The only process God has for wealth in the kingdom It's seed, time, and harvest. It is. So what happens is you have all of these people out here who have been taught the power of declaration. So you're making declaration, but where is your seed? Where is your seed? You're praying. There is no scriptural context to pray for financial increase. It's
1: why we talked about faith, words, and action. You got to
0: have them all. You got to have them all.
1: It's a divine cycle which we'll talk about on next Wednesday. But seed time and harvest is a divine cycle. And if you break any of the links in that cycle, it doesn't work for you. It's not that seed time and harvest doesn't work. It's that you don't work the principle and you have to work the principle of seed time and harvest, which is full of faith, words, and actions.
0: Amen. First Chronicles 29 and 12, it says, both riches and honor come from you. Mm -hmm. You rule over all and in your hand is power and might, and it lies in your hand to make great and to strengthen Everyone. Mm-hmm. So what I read in that scripture is that he got enough for all of us. Mm-hmm. There, say there's enough for all of us.
1: There's enough for, all there of is us.
0: enough for all of us. There is enough for all of us. Mm-hmm. And see, that's one of the ways you have to elevate your soul because your soul experience has told you it wasn't enough for everybody. You're, you probably, some of you grew up in houses that they told you you needed to clean your plate because it was kids in Africa that didn't have food or you didn't get to get shoes if your brother got shoes. And so what you end up believing is that God's kingdom operates like your family did. Mm-hmm. There is enough for all of us. So I don't have to trip because Etoy is getting increased. I don't have to trip because Courtney is getting increased. I don't have to trip because the marlow has got a new house because there is enough for all of us. Because riches and honor come from God.
1: Your daddy's not broke. Your daddy's not broke. Your heavenly father is not broke. And as a
0: result, you don't have to operate with a scarcity mentality. You don't have to operate with a scarcity mentality. You don't have to be jealous. You don't have to be envious. You don't have to hide what God is doing in your life. You don't have to play small. You don't have to apologize and you don't have to stay broke. So there'll be enough for somebody else. It is the will of God for you to prosper.
1: Look at Psalms 36 and 11. It says, if they will listen and obey God, they will be blessed with prosperity throughout their lives. All their lives, all their years will be pleasant. He says, literally, if they would just listen and obey, that goes back to Isaiah 19, right? If you would just let me help you, if you would just obey, he says, if they would just listen and obey God, they will be blessed, empowered to prosper with prosperity. He didn't just say in that place, just money. He said, he used the word prosperity. He means every area of your life. He says throughout their lives, they'll they'll just be prosperous. He says, all of their years will be pleasant. They will be enjoyable. There will be days of heaven on earth. But how do we get there? You can't get there just by saying, oh, I want it, I want it. Joshua 1 and 8 tells us how to get there. It says, you got to study you got to study It says, study this book of instruction, continually meditate on it day and night so that you will be sure to obey everything that's written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do I, before before you need to be concerned about your bank account being rich. You got to get your soul rich. Your soul needs to be rich. You got to get full of the word of God. You got to understand how seed time and harvest works because it is the currency of the kingdom. It is the thing that makes things move. I need faith. I need my words. I need to watch my declarations. It should be in my heart and on my lips. And I need to have some action. I can't just say I believe God and I make declarations, but then when God tells me to sow somewhere to do something, I don't do it. I got to have all the links in that divine cycle connected and working.
0: I love that you got to have all the links in that divine cycle. And so it's just like this is so important. Like one of the things that we had to learn to do because we kept meditating on this. We kept meditating on this. Here is what happens for a lot of people. When people don't have money that they have manifested, that they that they have seen come to pass in their life. They ask for money, not for seed. Yep. Say We yeah, used to do it. Yeah, we
1: used to do it. In fact, I te- I tell you the scripture uh that changed my life. There's a scripture in one of the gospels, and it says, "If a person is blind, then they pray that they could have sight. If a person is lame, they pray that they can walk." It says, "But if a person doesn't have money, then they be, then what they need is 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 not money. They need the gospel preached to Luke, them.
0: that you Luke four. They need Luke the 4, gospel 18. preached to them."
1: <clears throat> because he said the good now, news now, now is notice, to come and preach the gospel. Now, now notice he says if you need if you need to be able to see, right, you need sight. If you need to be able to walk, you, you, you need if you're lame, you need to be able to walk. But when it comes to money, he didn't say if you need money, you need money. He says, No, if you need money, what you need is the gospel you preached need to good you. Good news preached to you. And so when I saw that and I got this first point, revelation on it, a, a divine this, a divine disclosure. God said to me, you keep praying for money. You don't need money. What you need is an understanding of how my kingdom works. Because if you understand how my kingdom works, I'll make you rich.
0: And he's done it. Oh, pull that up. Pull that up, Ralph. He just put it on the screen. It says, those who are blind receive sight. Mm -hmm. Those who limp walk. Those with leprosy are cleansed. Those who are deaf here, the dead are raised and the poor have the gospel preached to them. The poor have the gospel preached to, the 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 preach to them. I cannot tell you how many times people have come to us and they want the money but not the gospel. And we got to give you the gospel. And here's the problem with getting the money without the gospel. You can't keep the The money. money's going <laughs> to run out. You can't keep it. And if you don't get the word, everybody here has experienced some form of increase. Mm-hmm. But if you don't understand understand the gospel concerning increase concerning prosperity then what happens another bill comes expenses come and what ends up happening, you end up in the same situation. Mm-hmm. See, here's where many of you struggle. You think money is your solution. Mm-hmm. The word is your solution. Mm-hmm. Because if you learn how to work the word, you can always produce the money you need. But as long as you go after money, that's the world thing. That's why the world is on team no sleep. Mm-hmm. That's why the world can't, can't gotta hustle all the time. If you get the word in your heart, if you get the word in your heart, then the word will produce. Now, Katie said, for anyone who's never gotten into the word, do they start in Genesis or where might they start? You should start right here where we are teaching. Mm-hmm. You should start right here where we're teaching.
1: But I, I do encourage people, if you don't read the Bible, that you ought to read the Gospels and the Psalms and the Proverbs.
0: Gospel, Psalms and Proverbs. A lot
1: of people want to jump over there to Revelation. You don't have enough understanding uh, of, of theology and in, in orthodoxy in order to get all of that sometimes. But you can read the Gospels because that's the, that's, that is the that's what recorded of what Jesus was doing. We know it ain't everything because the Bible says that had, we record everything. That, that, that Jesus had done all his miracles, we wouldn't have even room to, to hold it, right? That's good. But you can start in those gospels, and you can start with the wisdom books that I call Psalms and, and Proverbs because they give you some principles. But but literally, you you want to start right here. You want to start with okay. And I think they're now, talking about seed time and harvest. Let me hear what they're saying and understand
0: what they're saying today. It's a good question, mm-hmm. but I, I want to tell you what I think is one of the biggest mistakes in the church. The church doesn't do enough work with the message preached on Sunday. Mm. The church doesn't do enough work with it. Now, Pastor Ellen and I have been telling you all this, but I want you to hear because we're talking about hearing today. Now, think about this. If we both individually spent over eight hours this week studying seed, time and Harvest to be able to condense it, to give it to you in 90 minutes, You got to know you owe another six hours to even catch up to this topic, to catch up to this topic. Yes. If we spent we literally spend hours meditating on the scripture, listening to teaching. I'm listening to his teaching. He's listening to my teaching. We're listening to other people teach on it. You should listen to this teaching. This is what we do for past. This should be
1: your cliff notes. What we're talking about today is really your cliff notes. You got to go back and actually read the book. You gotta go back and
0: study what we're talking about. And I want many of you to be honest and admit, that we give you these scriptures, but many of you never look at these scriptures again. Mm. You don't pull up Bible hub and say, What is Psalms 36 and 25 translations and read them all? You don't pull up Joshua 1 and 8 and say, Lord, I need to learn how to meditate. You don't prom- you don't practice. Faith comes by hearing, walking through the house, making the declarations in your life, right? Revelation, and this is so important, right. Because revelation must be a bigger priority than even a role model. You can keep going in times of trouble if you know what God said, but it's hard to keep going if you only do what we told you to do. That's right. I want you to hear what I'm saying. That's right. Seed time and harvest for us was iffy until it was more than what Pastor Cynthia and Pastor Tony said. Yep. It had to be the priority in our life because knowing what God said anchored us even when we didn't see it in real time yet. But when we kept depending on them to be the revelation for us, the role models aren't supposed to be the revelation for you. The role models are exposure that is possible. The revelation comes from God's word. Is this making sense to everybody? Is this making sense? Mm -hmm. We can't be like those in Matthew who close our eyes. Somebody may introduce us to something. Pastor Cynthia, Pastor Tony introduced us to there was another way of living, right? But we had to get in partnership with the Holy Spirit and study the scriptures for ourselves. I give
1: you a prime example. When we met Pastor Tony, Pastor Cynthia, that very first time when we were at World Changes Church International in College Park, Georgia with Pastor Dollar. we didn't know them, but we saw them for the very first time in that marriage retreat. And at that time, our marriage wasn't going very well at all. But we had enough sense to at least try to figure out how to how how to fix it. And so we saw them and they became a role model for us. But we couldn't emulate everything they did in their relationship. We still had to go to God. We still had to study and figure out. God, how do you want Edwin and Sean to do this? God, what do you want Edwin to do? God, what do you want Sean to do? What do you want us to do collectively? And God began to show us and talk to us and we obey and we study. And when we fail, we got up and tried it again to now we live a marriage that, that that people would have to say, is that live or is it memorized? Because that's what we used to say about mom and That's Dad. what we li- Some of y'all are too young for that. But there used to be a commercial where they had a cassette play, a, a cassette tape and they said it recorded so good you didn't know whether it was live or, or whether it was, it was Memorex. Menorex. And we used to look at that relationship and say to each other, Is their relationship live or is that Memorex? And God said, If you will listen and obey, if you will let me help you, if you will let me help you, <laughs> if you will let me if help you, if you will, just, if obey you will me, just
0: obey me, I, I will, will make, make your rich. relationship I look like it's live or Memorex. Right. So you need a revelation. Yes. Everybody say, Road I need, gay, revelation. need a revelation. Number one, I need a revelation. Mm-hmm. I must get in my heart. And I want you to hear this. Many of you are in hope about wealth, but you are not in faith. Mm-hmm. You are in hope, but you are not in faith. What do I mean? You would like not to struggle. Mm-hmm. You would like to have more money. But you have not heard this word enough. And it takes time. It does. We've been pastoring for 23 years. We have so much more confidence in God's provision for us than we did 20 years ago. We spent, but we spent. He's been tried and true. Tried and true. (laughs) But it is because we kept going back to the word. There are, I told you guys, I read. For for a year, I read 2 Corinthians 9, trying to get the understanding of what it meant to have seed and bread, and then it began to be a thing that naturally flowed in my life. Now, I'm going to give you an example of how we're always growing and becoming. I was talking to Pastor Cynthia the other day. Pastor Cynthia says, you know somebody gives me money every day. And I said to her, I'm working on that. I make the confession every day. And I said, I said, but it hasn't manifested that it happens every day. She said, well, you need to know it can happen every day. Mm-hmm. Get your faith there your faith every, day. every day. So I'm living better than I've ever lived before. I have more provision than I've ever had before. But at the same time, now my spiritual mother is saying, no, you ought to receive provision every day. Yeah. That is the will of God. She's like, they're not supposed to be days that there's are no provision. Now you may be like, Pastor Sean, I'm only receiving provision every two weeks. Or I'm only receiving receiving provision from my check but that's not supposed to be your forever you're supposed to meditate on the word until your soul begins to prosper and you can receive what God is doing
1: and that is the point of having a role model you need a revelation A revelation and illumination for you Is what is going to be your aha moment Uh It is going to be your thing that says Ah, this is what God means You need that And sometimes to be able to even see that it's possible Is you first look at a role model And you see they got the revelation And then you open yourself up to the possibility of the revelation Absolutely, And that's why having a role model is important And we won't spend a lot of time here But here's what a role model is In the journey of walking in truth having a role model who exemplifies the revelation is absolutely crucial. This could be a biblical figure, a contemporary leader, or someone in your community whose life reflects their understanding of God's will for wealth and abundance. That Cynthia says, you ought to be receiving every day. Okay, Osbridge, mother says we ought to be receiving every day. Let's get our faith up to believe day. Let's get our day. faith up. And if we don't see it happening, then that means we don't have enough word on it. So let's go back and let's find word that solidifies we ought to be receiving every day. My daily bread. My oh, daily boom. bread. Okay. So boom. That's, that's my scripture. So Lord, I meditate on, on daily bread daily every day. God, thank you for daily bread. God, thank you for daily bread. That's how it works.
0: That's how it works.
1: Those role models, they serve as a tangible example of what it looks like to live out this revelation. That's what we want to be for you. Not not forever. We, we don't want to be a role model that you sit on the sideline and clap for. We want to be a role model who you look at and say, okay, I see what something's possible that I didn't know was possible. Now it's possible, now let me go get it. Then other people can look at you and do the exact same thing We ought to all be growing
0: and becoming We ought to all be growing and becoming Is this making sense to you guys? So we need a revelation and we need a role model And like Pastor Edwin said Sometimes God will use somebody to show you what's possible But you still have the responsibility To get in the word and get your own revelation Mm -hmm. Now this is the one we really want to talk about today We want to talk about a regimen of faith. Mm -hmm. A regimen of faith. What is a regimen of faith? Simply put, it is a systematic way to walk out the revelation, it is a consistent practice or discipline. I'm going to say that again. What is a regimen of faith? Simply put, it is a systematic way to walk out the revelation. It is a consistent practice or discipline. Now, before we talk about money, I want to give you a good example. This is so funny. Everybody knows this is our second month month of walking 100 miles, mm-hmm. right? Now, the interesting thing is, is that people say, what is your 100-mile plane? To which we say, <laughs> it depends. depends. It depends. Why? Our 100 mile plan involves walking seven days a week because it involves walking seven days a week. We only have to walk 3.33 miles every day to do it in a 30 day month. If your goal is only to walk five days a week, you got to walk 4.84 miles in order to do it. Now, here is what somebody tried to do last month. Somebody last month was go walk 100 miles and they tried to walk 3.33 miles only 5 days a week. How I many you know they didn't get there? The math ain't gonna matter. The math is a math. The math is a math. So even for walking 100 miles, we have a systematic way to do it and you too could walk a hundred miles but if you try to do 3.3 over five days or even six days you're not gonna get there no matter
1: how fast you walk those 3.3 miles amen. <laughs> so, you can amen. run those 3.3 miles if you only do it for five days the math is not going to the matter. math
0: it's not math right? So it is a consistent practice or discipline. Mm -hmm. This regimen could involve prayer, giving, working diligently, or stewarding resources wisely. It is about putting faith into action consistently, consistently. which might include the following principles, such as those in 2 Corinthians 9, 6 through 7 that we've talked to you about. Mm -hmm. Give. When he says to hey, hey, how, if you decide to be a sparingly giver, that's how you're going to receive it. If you're if you're a generous giver, that's how you're going to receive it. He gives seed to the sower. That's what it says, right? So here is our systematic process. But I need everybody to take a deep breath. And I need you to really hear what we're about to say. Take a deep breath. If you took a deep breath, put a five in the comments. got you some water, you, coffee. Take a deep take breath because I need you guys to get this, okay? Because I believe we're about to correct something here that's going to help you. Our systematic way is to sow daily. However, we have discovered that many of you are trying to follow us in sowing daily without walking in the revelation of 2 Corinthians 9 and 10, which says, For God is the one who provides seed for the farmer and bread to eat. Mm-hmm. Take a deep breath. I'm going to say it again because you got to get it. Our systematic way of, of our systematic regimen of faith is to sow daily. However, we have discovered that many of you are trying to follow us into sowing daily without walking in the revelation of 2 Corinthians 9 and 10. For God, God. is the one who provide seed for the farmer and then bread to eat. Mm -hmm. We have a three part regimen of faith. Mm -hmm. Number one, we set our intention to sow.
1: That's number one. We just set the intention.
0: We set the intention.
1: And I, I don't know, it's important that people hear and understand that, that setting the intention is the first part. If you don't set the intention, you're never going to get to the rest of the regimen of faith. It's like saying that your regimen of faith in working out, number one, is to go to the gym. To go to the gym. You have to set that intention first. Go ahead. I'm sorry.
0: No, no, no apology. <sighs> Second, we set our expectation for direction. Mm-hmm. So we set the intention to sow. We get up every day. We're looking to sow. Number two, we set our expect expectation for direction. We set our expectation for direction. What does that mean? We expect God to speak to us. Hear what we're saying. That is so important. That does not mean that the first person who asks us for some money gets it. Nope. Or the first thing that we think is a good idea is what we do. Nope. Or the first time we see a need expressed that we respond. Nope. Or hear me, the first time we feel bad about someone's situation that we get involved. We set our intention to sow. And we set our expectation for direction. And number three, we set our expectation for seed. I believe that this is where people are really messing up. It is possible that God could say to you, I want you to sell $1,000 today. Mm-hmm. And what most people do, they go look. ahead and say, ouch. Yep. You look at your account look to, their to account. determine whether you can do it or not. Yep. They
1: look to their savings. They look to their checking. They look to whatever they got in their safe at their house. If they got one, they, they look to themselves.
0: Go ahead and say, ouch, because I know you do it. You look we're going to yourself. break this. You look to yourself. Yep. God says, hey, I want you to sell $1,000. Hey, I want you to be a blessing to this right here. You immediately start looking at yourself. But 2 Corinthians 9 says, the God is the one who provides Mm See, You got to learn how to train yourself in this, guys. You got to get a revelation. So what we do, even, hear me, I want you to hear what I'm saying. Even when we have the money readily available, we ask God where to get the money from. Now, I'm going to say something. It's going to be a little shady. Some of you too smart to do that. And that's why you're in a situation that you in. You say, God told me to sow $50. I got $50 in my account. Then the reality of it is God must want me to take that $50 out of my account. That may not be what God wants. The practice is to learn to hear God, what he is saying. So we set our intention to sow. We set our expectation for direction and we set our expectation from seed. Every day, I'm like, where you want me to get the money from?
1: Because notice the scripture. It says, for God is the one. God is the one. Who does what? Provides seed for the farmer. (laughs) Why why does the farmer need seed? Because he needs to sow, right? But he's also the same one who then gives us what? Bread. To eat. Because we need to eat. So if I look to myself... I have to look to myself for the seed and the bread. But if I look to God, that means I get seed to sow, I get bread to eat, and I ain't spent what I had. It's how he's increasing me every day because the seed he gave me, come on somebody, the seed that he gave me, I'm gonna get to sow it and it's gonna produce a harvest. But while I'm waiting on that seed time and harvest to come, he's still giving me bread to eat. He's not even taking from what I have. Now, does that mean that God will never ask you to take from your checking or savings? No, no. but the system we have, the regimen of faith we have concerning giving functions like this. We set our intentions to sow every day. Number two, we set our expectation for direction. God, where do you want us to go? We're open to whatever you say. We are stewards of this. Wherever you tell us to sow, it's what we're going to sow. We're not going to get our emotions involved and try to help every single thing because you may not want to do that. This is your money. What you want to do with it, God. And then number three, we set that expectation. Okay, where do you want us to get your money from to do, your, to do what you want us to do?
0: I don't think y'all heard that. Where do you want, where do us, you
1: want us, us to get your money to from? To
0: get your money from.
1: And, and people say, well, why would you say that? Because I own nothing. But I am a steward over a whole lot. So when it comes to sewing, God, where do you want me to get your money from? It would be like if I gave Ralph control of my account and I said, hey, Ralph, I want you to pay uh, the light bill, but I want you to pay it out of checking account A. He doesn't get to go to checking account B and pay it, even though the money's there. He has to do what I've instructed him to do
0: because it's my account. This is God's account. Do y'all understand this? I need to know what you understand from this because you gotta get this part, and I think that that's why some of you want to be big sowers. And what happens is you have a good heart to be a big sower,
1: but you keep taking from yourself. And as you take from yourself, it seems like nothing's happening, and then you get
0: discouraged because you're not asking God where you should have gotten it from. And then there are times that God will tell you where to get the harvest from, right? You got to learn how to hear God. Like literally there have been times there, this used to happen to me a lot during the pandemic today that I would wake up in the morning and today the Lord would say, you're going to help somebody today. And I would say, okay, because now I know I'm going to help somebody Mm -hmm. today, right? And literally somebody would cash at me and the Lord would say, that's for the person that you're going to help. Yep. You got to learn how to recognize. You got to learn how to say that. I think this is this is where people disconnect. You got to learn what's seed and what's bread.
1: Because look, here's the second part. We didn't read this, but here's the second part of this scripture. It says in the same way, in the same way, he being God will provide and increase. What your, your resources, resources and then what turn they around and produce, produce a great harvest of generosity in you. He says, God will give you seed and bread. And in the same way, he'll provide for you to increase your resources so that you can give more and do other things and
0: then produce a greater harvest in you than where you started. It's scripture. Can y'all say, say because you need to understand that there are times that and and this is why we keep telling you that God has a train a seed training program. Put that in the comments. God has a seed training program because God is going to determine your faithfulness with much by what you do with little. That's right. You better hear what I'm saying. God is going to do your. Tra- He's going to judge your faithfulness. Can Sean handle more? And the truth of this, let me be honest with y'all. Pastor Ellen talks about how he thought it was very transactional, right? I was a very emotional soul. I gave to anybody who had a sad story. And what that said to God was that he could not trust with me with more.
1: Now, think about this, because you would think on the surface, that sounds good. That everybody who had a need that when you had resources, you gave. But what did that do for you personally, though? Did did that increase you personally? It did
0: not increase me. Because you got God out of the equation.
1: And that's what's wrong with a lot of people. They hear us teaching. And that's why we're trying to correct this today in different things. People people hear us say we sow every day. They go, well, I'm going to sow every day too. But we don't just sow every day. We set an expectation to sow. We ask which direction to sow. And we ask the owner of the account which account he wants us to sow out of. And that's the difference.
0: That's the loss. Come on, keep telling us what you learned because listen, this is so important. We, I mean, this is so important that you get this. So, what do we do? We set our expectation to sow, we set our expectation for direction, and we set our expectation for C And me more than you. I really had to learn not to be moved by people's sad story. I
1: had to be learned to move by God saying yes because I had an automatic no. (laughs) So we both had to
0: learn. But this is why God gives you somebody different than you to do life with. That's right. Because the reality of it is, is that you pretty much always said no, Mm -hmm. and I pretty much always said yes, and we were both wrong. Mm -hmm. We had to learn how to hear from God. That's right. And I started saying, like, God started training me to say something. I told y'all this the the week that the Lord said, it's time to inspect your investments, inspect your investments. And the Lord started saying, I would ask God, why, why is so-and-so always in trouble financially? He said, you don't listen. Mm. He said, they don't listen to me. He said, the reason that they keep ending up in this situation is they won't listen to me. And he said, you can, I will not hear me. This go help some parents. The Lord said to me, I will not promote you financially. As long as you give resources to people who are rebelling against me.
1: My God today. Mm.
0: He said, yes, they got a sad story. Yes, they can't pay their rent. Yes, they can't pay their car note, but they have literally ignored every instruction I have given them. And then he starts showing me, they ignore the instructions you give them. Mm. They don't do the things you telling them to do. You literally say to them, hey, come watch this teaching. Hey, come take this free class. And they're too busy to do it, but they want to show up. And he said to me, But Sean, they're not
1: too busy to call and ask for But they're
0: not too busy to come and ask for help. Yep. And he said to me, he said, Sean, I am telling you, he says, if you want me to trust you with more, you have got to stop being moved by people's sad story. And then this is what he said to me. Because the way of a transgressor is supposed it's to be, supposed hard. To be hard, supposed to be it's supposed to be supposed
1: hard. to be difficult.
0: Why? Because Isaiah 1 and 19 says, What? If you You'll will only really, let me, if yep, you will yep. only let me help, help
1: you, you and obey
0: and obey, I will make you, you rich. rich. So someone who is choosing not to obey God is supposed to live a hard life. And this is where I feel like- (laughs) It's supposed to be hard. I feel like this is a word for mothers. Your idolatry of your children is keeping you broke. Mm. Your idolatry of your children is keeping you broke. You know your children don't tie. You know your children don't give the word first place. But your children use your love for them And they use your love for them little grandbabies to get you to rebel. And that's why you stay broke. And you need to repent and you need to change. Amen. You need to repent and you need to change. Because the manipulation of it is that the enemy will use our idolatry for anybody. For some of you, it may be your mama. It may be your sister. It may be your spouse. You will that God the enemy will use your idolatry for them to get you to rebel against God, and he will use that to keep you broke. And if you are going to be wealthy, you got to learn how to say yes when God says yes and say no when God says no, even when people are crying and talking about you and telling you that you got it and it's no reason that you couldn't help them. Do not miss your chance to increase being rebellious amen amen we are not now i want to say this about righteous god we also look for opportunities mm-hmm. because part of seed time and harvest is that most of your harvest is going to come from opportunities not cash apps. that's right most of your op- <laughs> put that in the comments most of your harvest is going to come from opportunity Not cash out. Mm -hmm. So one of the things I said is that when Pastor Edwin says that everybody ought to make six figures, if you're not working a six-figure job and you're not looking for a six-figure job, you're missing your opportunity.
1: What's your regimen of faith to do
0: that? What's your regimen of faith to do that? Because you have
1: to look for things besides just this idea of money. There are other instructions God will give you besides just give it. There are other things you have to be looking for. I think one of the examples you talked about is like is about applying for a new job, right? If you're applying for a new job, you need to be sowing some time into your LinkedIn profile. You need to be sowing some time into listening to, to how to improve your resume. You need to be sowing some time into finding out where are the job listings in your particular uh, career uh, endeavors, right? Certain things list list jobs in certain other places. Maybe you need to improve your skill set. What is the Lord instructing you to do? Maybe you need have a business, and the Lord says, "Hey, I need you to improve your marketing." Are you sowing the time into learning how to improve that marketing? You preach because it. that will bring you harvest. You preach, you it. know, adding a service to your business or changing how you deliver services as an instruction. You have to be able to do those things.
0: And So that's that's part of your regimen of faith. We're anointed to create wealth. And the truth of it is, is that many of you, it's like if you've been looking for a job for a year Mm -hmm. and you're not getting any bites, it's time to learn some new skills. Your, your skills may not be relevant for the market. Or your or the place you're looking may be too narrow. The place you're looking may be too narrow. You may live in the wrong city. Many of you, you don't want to move. You don't want to do anything different. And here's the thing. I'm going to tell y'all this again. Provision is always where you should be, not necessarily where you are. So much of the blessing Pastor Edwin and I got is because we stayed in a place that we didn't necessarily want to stay in. Yeah. We stay where God told us to stay. Many of you, and this is the thing I don't understand. Why are y'all so tied to cities that keep you broke? God told you to move to another city. Why are you so tied to a broke state? It ain't prospering for you. Why is it so important to be around your family when you can't pay your bills? You can't get out of debt. You can't find a job. Why is that so important to you? I'm tell you why idolatry. Yeah. But go ahead. Mm-hmm. So we got, you one got more. fear
1: operating in your life. You got of favor, fear. What you, you you are honoring the fear more than God. You're
0: honoring the fear more than you're honoring God. Yeah. Provision is where you should, which is why we follow God's instructions. We follow God just like God has specific instructions about sowing, God has specific instructions about harvest. Well, we see this when he
1: when he told the man of God, he says, hey, I'm gonna take you down to this brook, okay? And I'm gonna make this bird take care of you. And the Bible says that for a while that all worked out. But but eventually the brook dried up and and the word came to the man of God and said, I want you to get up and go to Zarephath. And there's, there's a widow woman who's gonna meet you there. Now, he just, wait, you just told me to be by the brook. Now, if that man had, the man of God had just said, nope, the Lord told me to be by the brook, this is where I'm staying. Even though the brook done dried up, the bird ain't bringing food no more, he would have died by that brook. He would have, he'd have it. starved to death. He would have died of thirst by that brook. Some of you, God told you to be where you were, but he ain't telling you to be there now. Well. But you're so afraid to do the next thing God told you to do, you can't get the provision for the next thing. You got to be open. You got to you gotta be open to do what God is saying.
0: Is this making sense to you guys? Because we need this to make sense. I was saying to Pastor Elwin. The first quarter, we're going to have a prosperity conference because you guys really need to sit around this because you got to make some different decisions. Because
1: our prosperity conference ain't going to be like one you've been to. It ain't going to be. The, and I and, and nothing wrong with that. But it ain't going to be a combo. We just get you to come and we trying to get you to do some magical thing and, and think money. Go- we're talking about a prosperity conference that teaches you systematically how this kingdom works, because it's not it's not difficult. Once you figure out how this kingdom works and you start to work it, things start happening really, really fast.
0: And here's the thing. Once you figure out how the kingdom works, you never want to go back. You don't. You never want to go don't. back, right? Latanya says she just told Maurice I don't like this part of the teaching. That's probably the part of the teaching that you really need. <laughs> right. That's probably the part of the teaching that you really right. need to hear. We really want to get you guys together for two or three days and break the word open to you. Teach you seed time and harvest. Teach you the supernatural principles. Teach you marketing. Teach you what to do when you're looking for a job. Because the reality of it is Is that many of you are stuck Even some of you who sow Because you ignore the instructions God gives you for harvest Listen let me tell you something If God is smart enough to get you to get up And go to Walmart or go to a gas station At a certain time to provide a need For somebody else Then God does that same God know what he's talking about When he tells you it's time to get another job He does Amen
1: And so then the last thing we'll talk about today is this idea of just having a righteous resolve.
0: Righteous resolve.
1: Now, 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 that righteous resolve goes with the name of this church. We are called what?
0: Fellowship of Champions. Fellowship
1: of Champions, right? We said in order to walk in any truth, you need these four things. A revelation, a role model, a regimen of faith, and lastly, you need a righteous resolve. Come on. This is simply a determination to persist in the path of the revelation, despite any challenges or obstacles that may come your way, this is having a doggedness about you. Some doggedness. This is this is having some 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 determination. This is having some. I'm not giving up. I'm not caving in. And I'm not quitting. But that is the reason that we talk about faith begins where the will of God is known. Because once you know God says something, it's easy to have a righteous resolve. It is difficult to have a righteous resolve when you're having to teeter back and forth about whether or not you should have done this. I was having a conversation with someone I was talking with and I was saying, the thing you've got to do is you've got to get to the point that once you've heard God, you stop conferring with flesh and blood. Because when you confer with flesh and blood, flesh and blood will talk you out of what you know God has said. And now when you're moving down the path, you're moving down the path without a lot of confidence. And when you don't have a lot of confidence, when you're moving down that path, anytime some distraction, some obstacle, or some difficulty comes your way, now it's got you second-guessing what God said. And anytime you second-guess what God said, then you open the door to fear, doubt, and unbelief. And now you're like, well, maybe I shouldn't have made that decision, or maybe I should have done that, or maybe I shouldn't have done that. you got to hear what God says, and you got to let his word be an anchor for your soul. That's what it says. The word of God becomes an anchor for our soul. So when the winds of life come and they're blowing, man, I've got a righteous resolve to stay put. Why? Because I know this is what God said.
0: So what I heard you say is that righteous resolve means you got to stop being so wishy washy. You
1: got to. You got to hold on to the conviction that God
0: gives you. And again, this is the challenge for a lot of people. You think trouble means God didn't say it. Say that again. You think trouble means God didn't say Just it. Just
1: because trouble or difficulty shows up,
0: that is no indication whatsoever that God is in the midst of it. Let me tell you what they want. They want to play football and never be tackled. Yep. They want to play football. They just want to run free into the end zone.
1: They want to play basketball and not have any defenders.
0: No defenders. People just let, they want everything to be a free throw. People just stand out there and let them shoot. That is not how this works.
1: And God never even promised that. In fact, he he said in this world. You
0: will have trouble. But don't trip. Because I have overcome. (laughs) But you're going to have some trouble. No, you're going to have some trouble. That's why you need this righteous resolve. I will never forget this. I will never forget. And I use this because we're in a similar time for some people now. I will never forget when the market crashed in 2008. 2008. And I will never forget that the Lord said to me, I don't care what happened. You won't lose your house if you don't let go of your faith. Yep. Now, you got laid off from your job Mm -hmm. because you worked for a corporation. And if ain't no money, it's no way to get paid. Yep. It took you a minute to find a job yep. and I wasn't working. Six to nine months, I think it really and was. And it was, look, babe, we had spent all of the savings and all the stuff that we had. And the Lord would say to me every day, you won't lose this house as long as you don't lose your faith. We watch people lose their house. People
1: in our neighborhoods.
0: They would lose their house. And I would say... I don't care. We not going to lose our house. We had
1: a neighbor try to convince us that what we should do is go get another house and just let that house go back.
0: And the Lord was like, you will not lose your house he
1: said i gave this house to you
0: i gave this house to you we end up in a tight situation not only happened because we had loaned some people some money before any of this had happened you know you know how y'all act when y'all owe people money well and you got to
1: remember too that during that particular time our idea of sewing was really mine was saying no to everything yours was saying yes to everybody Yes, but yours was that you would loan money. (laughs) You would loan
0: money. I I wouldn't loan somebody If I thought you had the the, the real wherewithal to pay me back. (laughs) Well, anyway, so here's the thing. We had tapped out a resource. And if anybody's ever been behind on their mortgage, you understand that once you're 30 days behind, they will not accept one mortgage. They will only accept. they They want to accept two. They will only accept two. We were in a place where at this point, you had just gotten a job mm-hmm. but you hadn't gotten paid mm-hmm. yet and we was really at the end of our resources but i can't tell you how many times somebody came by brought a spoon did all this stuff they thought and they nobody just, knew no really, even even
1: some of the people closest to us didn't realize this until years later that we were talking about it I, and they made me promise to never ever be in that situation and not I I for didn't know. for didn't, nobody help nobody knew nobody knew, nobody knew.
0: Nobody knew. We just walked it out with God. Yep. Our spiritual parents didn't Nobody know. Knew. We just walked it out with God.
1: Because why tell somebody if God already told you it's
0: going to be all right? Because what? <laughs> what, what, what? What's the point of telling them if God already said it's going to be all right? What you said? We just had to walk it out. We had to walk it out. It changed our lives because we walked this out. It was, we needed two mortgages the next day. Yep. Nobody knew this but God. And somebody came to our house.
1: I kid you And not. gave
0: us those two I mortgages kid
1: you not. to the. Finish. said the Lord. See they. said they were supposed to have been done. Brought it by, and they was. They was messing around, and the Lord got all over them and told them to bring it today. And that they couldn't go home until they brought it.
0: And they brought it to us in cash. Yep. They didn't. They didn't even know how bad we needed that. But God made a way. And we learn that. And 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 this is what I think. You can't have my resolve without walking out your own moment like yep, that. You gotta have your own moment. You see, see, now we're so convinced. You
1: gotta have your own Alabaster box experience. You, you,
0: That's what we started saying, remember? Right, right. That's our Alabaster. <laughs> you gotta, you gotta have, you gotta have your own moment where you walk it out with God. Pastor Cynthia, you say out of time because you don't need it till you need it. You don't need it till you need it. You don't need it till you need it. And we learned, I cannot tell you how many times. Listen, anybody who our people will tell you they never knew we was in that type of struggle. Nope. They never knew we was in that type of faith fight. But we still was laughing and joking and playing with everybody. It's still
1: teaching the word. Still teaching the God. word.
0: Believing God. Listen, I can't tell you how many times,
1: because that's that was during the time when God, when when gas prices got really high, remember, and we would be like, man, we got to spend this money to drive to Conway to teach this word, and we sometimes were spending more money to go down there on a weekend than what was coming in the offering. But God said, keep go, keep going keep going. And so we kept driving. We kept doing it. The Marlowe's would feed us
0: and we be like, praise God. They didn't even know. But hey, God kept doing it. And sometimes we'd be at the end and somebody would say, I feel like I need to give you some gas. Mm-hmm. Hey, thank you, praise Jesus. Praise the Lord. Shine we get that down gas down in. in. Oh, Drive on back up. up the mountain. But the truth of it is, is that many people want the testimony without walking through the test. Yep. I cannot tell you how many times we have been sitting in the face of lack and it looked like lack was going to overtake us. And the more it looked like lack was going to overtake us, the louder we got, mm-hmm. the louder we got declaring God. I can't tell you how many times we've been facing a money situation. Now, praise God. we ain't been that way in a long time. Thank and I want to thank the Lord thank for the it, Lord. glory. But I'm telling you that right now, if things get tight. We know how to sow a seed, how to release our faith, how to do our dance and how to put pressure on what God said. And the truth is, many of you have never learned that because as soon as it gets tough, you start saying what you would have said is, babe, you think we should sell the house? It was never a
1: discussion for us. Well, Once well, the Lord said you wouldn't lose well, sell it. Then it what, sell what? it for what? The Lord said we wouldn't lose what? it. We sell
0: no house. We selling no house. Galatians 9, 6 and 9 says, Let us not become weary in well-doing, mm-hmm. for at the proper time we will reap a harvest mm-hmm. if we do not give up. I got a testimony when we get through, and then y'all can give today. Hebrews 10:38 through 39, it says, My righteous ones who will live from my faith, mm-hmm. but if fear holds them back, my soul is not content with them. But we are certainly not those who are held back with fear and perish. We are among those who have faith and experience true life. I want to read it in the message translation. But anyone who is right with me thrives on loyal trust. If he cuts and runs, I won't be very happy. And runs. But we are not quitters. Oh, no. We will stay with it and survive trusting all the way.
1: Amen.
0: We've learned to live that way. I want to give you this time last year, we were getting ready for the fire experience. I'll never forget this. This young lady, I did not know her from Adam, had raised her from the fire experience. She sent me a message. She said, hey, Pastor Sean, she said, hey, Pastor Sean, I am coming to the fire experience and I don't have money for a hotel, uh, but God told me to come. And I said, baby, I think, baby, I think you should stay where you are. I mean, I wasn't thinking that she was on no faith journey. I was just thinking, listen, baby, you don't have the money for a hotel. You don't know nobody. Don't come down here, right? I literally told that girl, don't come. Stay here. She said, no, ma'am, Pastor Sean, the Lord told me to come. The Lord go make a way. This girl gets on a plane, comes to a city she has never come to before, yep. right? Goes to the hotel and sits down. She said, the Lord told me to come. I know somebody go make. She went, went way. as far as her faith. She went her. as far as her faith could. Now take she had
1: her. a word. She didn't just do this because she was. home. No, she, she had a word. She, and, she, and we know she had a word because it worked out.
0: She had a word because <laughs> it worked out, and she. Had, I know she had a word because when I told her to stay at home, she told me she couldn't do that. See, that's what righteous resolve would do. Righteous resolve would be like even when somebody and she didn't say,
1: "I'm coming," and I need you to pay for it. She said, The Lord will make a way.
0: The Lord will make a way. She went to the hotel and people ended up, two people ended up getting her her hotel room. Then somebody else heard about it. Baby, let me tell you something how serious this girl was. This girl came with an overnight bag. This was her plan. She said, If nobody gets me a hotel room, what I'm going to do is I'm going to sit in the hotel lobby all night and I will use the bathroom in order to clean up. That girl had bought crackers and tuna fish because she was like, she was going to eat. She was like, all I know is I got to be in this place. So somebody ends up getting her food, all of this different stuff. Well, Pastor Didi was at the conference. And so this girl is standing in line. And Pastor Didi was like, I feel like I'm supposed to give this girl some money. Mm -hmm. She has everybody to sow into this girl life, not knowing that this is the same girl. And I'm sitting here tripping. And you know what the Lord said? Don't forget what crazy faith looks like. Don't
1: forget what crazy faith looks like. Don't forget
0: what crazy faith looks like. Don't
1: get so used to your resources. And even depend on me sometimes, that you forget that there'll be a time I'll call you to stand on something where the only thing that's gonna undergird you is my word.
0: And you know what she said to me? What she said? She said, Pastor Sean, I appreciate that you told me to stay because I know that you cared about Mm -hmm. me. I know that you didn't just want me to be over there homeless and stuff. She said, but I know the Lord told me to come. And she said, I just said, either the Lord go make a way, either the Lord go make a way, I'm gonna sleep on this couch and get the word so I never have to sleep on the couch again.
1: Yeah. Don't forget what crazy faith looks like.
0: When's the last time you stretched your faith? When's the last time you've gone as far as your faith can take? When's the last yeah. time? When is the last time that the Lord was like, I want you to sow this seed? And you was like, bet that. When's the last time that you have gone as far as your faith can take you? And I was thinking about that girl. But but you, now I want you to hear this because this is important, guys. And then we're getting ready to go. You can't do it because she heard it, right? right. She can't become your role model, and you do it because she she is a
1: role model of what crazy faith will look like. It doesn't mean you have to emulate what she did. You
0: got to do what God told you to do. Absolutely, some of you have missed your opportunity to come to the huddle because you won't go as far as your faith will take you. Yeah, well, all right, listen, November 12th, November 12th. (laughs) (laughs) All right, y'all give us y'all takeaway. We give you give us your takeaway. Thank you all for hanging in there. Thank you for hanging in there. Hang in there
1: another minute. You know we're gonna release a blessing on you. Don't don't, don't, don't pop off real quick.
0: The first thing you need to do is you need to um you need to give your life to Jesus if you haven't. Amen. Because it's gonna be hard to give your money to Jesus if your life don't belong to him. In
1: fact, he wants your money. He wants your life more than your money.
0: He wants your life more than he wants your money. So you need to come home, right? But you gotta get yourself stared up. You gotta get yourself stared up. You. I I hear the Lord saying this. He said, y'all live too normal and basic. Mm. You live too average. You live too limited. He said, don't nobody ask him for big stuff. Don't nobody say, Lord, I'm ready to get out of debt. I don't mean nobody in the world. I'm talking about people that we listen to right now, that we teaching to right now. Nobody, you you say I can get out of debt if I got a 10-year plan. He said he's looking for somebody that will put his word back to him and have an expectation for something supernatural so they could be a testimony. I don't
1: say this often. I'm gonna say this: there's about 90 people or so listening live to the broadcast. There'll be more who will listen to it through the replay. If you're listening at this part right here and you've heard the rest of this message, I am telling you today, you ought to just stop and ask the Lord what you ought to sow today into this ministry. You ought to ask, the, you ought to say, Lord, what should I sow into FOC today? Now, he may teach us to sow some other places too, but you ought to not sit here and hear the teaching and then just hop off and be like, oh, that was a great word, blah, 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 I changed my life. The Bible tells us to be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. Put into practice what you've heard today. I ain't never going to tell you what to give, but I am saying to you that if you've heard this word today and it's been a blessing to you, it's been a blessing to me. I already knew it. I, I already gave my offering, but I'm, I'm going to sow again because I got blessed listening to it. I got blessed reading some of the comments today. I'm going to give again, but you ought to be giving today. You ought, you, you ought to put forth faith, words, and action
0: in a combination today and do that. I just feel like I should say that to you today. So you can give with Giveify, push, Pay title the text to give, 833-969-0897 or PayPal for our international partners at FOC Church NWA Gmail. You also can sow yourself into ministry, into partnership here. If you are not a partner, then you could go to www.focchurch.com and you can scroll down and you can sign up to become a partner. Let me tell you something. There are people who are going to be debt-free in a year.
1: Amen. I receive it. Now right now, you ought to receive it. Don't don't think, oh she ain't talking about me. You ought to say it right now, I receive it. 85 88 90 of y'all ought to say I receive it. You may not have typed nothing all day, but she just made a declaration, and sometimes you got to be bold enough to grab at something that has been uh shared with you even when you can't see with your natural mind. She said this she said next year there are going to be people who are going to come out of debt. I receive it.
0: Well, and and this is what I'm understanding that when God gives a prophetic word, It's up to me to receive. Mm -hmm. I can either hear the word and disqualify myself. Mm Or I can hear the word and say I receive mm-hmm. it. It's not my business to know how God is I just do receive
1: it, God. But I
0: also know that a seed goes with the word That's for financial right. pro- prosperity. That's right. prosperity. That's right. And I got to get you guys to yeah. understand that. Because what happens is, is that whenever somebody makes money stuff, people go, I receive, I receive, I receive. You can't receive that unless a seed yeah. is attached
1: to that. I receive you, you. Here's my corresponding action. Here's here. my
0: corresponding action. This is my debt-free yeah. seed. This is my debt free seed. And the Lord said we need to begin to cultivate our faith because many of us have never cultivated a faith that believes in debt freedom. Mm -hmm. We have settled for a faith that can pay the bills. Mm -hmm. Who is that for? We have been we thankful to pay the bills. We we glad that we can pay the bills, but we have never said, God. Can I live debt-free? Mm-hmm. Teach me how to live debt-free. God, I want to live debt-free. And I am ready to walk this out. Now, there's one more thing I got to teach y'all. And then I'm going to release the blessing. I know we went a, long, a little long today, but y'all needed this word I'm right I'm sorry, here. what
1: did you call that? You said you're debt-free what? Because I'm, I'm selling mine right Debt now.
0: Debt-free in a year.
1: Okay, I'm sorry, go ahead. I just so, have to get my seat in the ground.
0: So the Lord said to me, The Lord was the Lord was talking to me about this. And I, you know, we walking all these miles, and when you be walking, he be saying so much stuff to you because you ain't because I don't walk with any music or any podcast. And he said to me, he said, Sean, he said, How much money do how much do you owe in everything? And he said, and I, I gave him a guesstimate. He said, I know you're not in faith to be debt free.
1: Because mm, you had to give him a guesstimate.
0: You better hear what I just preached to somebody. He Mm. said, Sean, you are not. He said, you are in faith for my provision, but I have another level of provision for you. He said, you are not in faith to be debt free because you cannot tell me what you owe. If I sent somebody to you today to pay off your debt and you had to be to tell it off the hill, you if you got to go look it up, you ain't in faith. My God. Did anybody receive that? And so what he said, he told me to go home and get my numbers, and then he said, I want you to sow a seed. He said, I want you to sow a seed. And then he said this is, he." and then he said to me, he said, and remember, this is why he told me, had to told me still about the crazy faith girl. He said, remember that every time I brought you out, it is look like I asked you to sow a mold and I gave you on mm-hmm. the thing. Yeah, I don't know who that's for, Yeah, but Y'all take that and do it what you well,
1: want to I, I know exactly who I know who one person was for but the
0: strict was coming out of debt. Now we thank God for all of the increase. But I'm telling you, listen, I already got a plan in my mouth, my mind when we can give 50% of our income to the kingdom. Amen. Like I'm I'm already at that place. And he was like, You got to elevate 50 50 living. 50 50 living. 50 for the kingdom. 50 for the kingdom. 50, 50 for, for the strict. Yeah,
1: 50 50 living. 50
0: 50 living.
1: And we ain't talking about decreasing the standard. We're talking we, about going up we're in and going
0: up. We going up. Amen. So we're going to work on this date for this prosperity conference. But I'm telling you, you got to learn. You got to learn that when a word is released for financial freedom, that a seed goes
1: with it. And you cannot be afraid to walk in it. You, and you cannot, cannot be, be afraid, afraid to, to walk in it. it. You